y'all. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. We're 31 now, and we're feeling fresh. We're feeling clean. I'm still not pregnant. We're still not pregnant, nor will we ever be. And the other thing is, is like, I feel like once you're in your 30s, you kind of feel like, you know, I'm getting my stride. I got the crazy out of me. You know, I did the 20s. Still a little crazy. Still a little fun. I never got the crazy out of me. I mean, that's good. But you know what I'm saying. You're not going out partying every night now. We're doing it every once in a while. Or at home in front of TV watching our own shows instead of like watching being at a bar around people we don't like. (laughs) I mean, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, I could do like a happy hour and I would like enjoy myself, but... What time you leave in the happy hour? <laughs> Let's be real. You know, it depends on how tipsy I get. Sometimes my, my hubby got to drag me out. But now with the Rona, I'm just scared. But yet, I kind of want to go and have a happy hour. But mm-hmm. nobody, I know, everyone wants to go happy hour with me. Hi. Hi. I'll go in happy hour with you. You know, I'll, we'll totally go judge people at a bar, which is what you do at happy hour. And by bar, <laughs> I mean like restaurant bar. Yeah, because this is the reason I'm asking this is because I also find myself, especially due to Rona, like I just don't want to be around people I don't want to be around anymore if I don't have to. Yeah. Like like that. I'll go with friends, but I ain't going to a fucking club by myself to like. No, that sounds like hot I, mess. No. I don't want to go to a club. Or a barbar period ever. Rona, no Rona. Right. Yeah, it's definitely. We've officially, like you said, reached the restaurant bar phase of our life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be those old bitches. Yeah. Like, at the Applebee's. Yeah. But you Let know me what? tell you, the Applebee's got like $1 drinks, bro. Dude, $1 PBR. You can get their like appetizers for like five bucks. You can get shit-faced and have an entire meal for $20. You know what? Take me to the Mexican restaurant where I can get Mexican martinis and free chips and salsa. There it is. Because, I mean, you don't really need to eat after you have chips and salsa. No. Who? I mean, ordering food after after chips and salsa is really kind of like a, oh yeah, I guess I actually have to eat some real food. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's an afterthought, like, fuck, I guess. Oh, you missed it. You should have been here. We what? should have recorded, like, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. What happened? I had my also famous homemade salsa. Oh. What's in your homemade salsa? Or is it a proprietary recipe? I'm just going to say that I use um, the Little Maters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Red and yellow. Oh, shit. So the yellow ones make it a little sweet. Got it. Is it really spicy? I don't make it super spicy because I live with a baby. <laughs> Not an actual baby. No, there we go with the baby rumors again. Um, I live with a grown ass man who doesn't like spicy shit, but I do Is make it po- as spicy as I can for me and my son. Okay, it was pod hub, so I was like are you, are you counting your son as a, as a man? Or? No, my <laughs> like, son is not a grown-ass man. No, we're not there yet. No. Um, that's hilarious. Again, I just, I it, it fascinates me, the no tamales, the no spice. Because I'm like, he grew up in rural Texas. Yeah. That's manly. all there is there. All, all there no, is. No, no, no. Where he grew up is like, so white. Oh, Okay. So there weren't even Mexican neighbors. That's how white? That's how white. Because even I grew up with Mexican neighbors. And, you know, let's be real. They have the best food on the planet. Oh, my God. I was so sad when our neighbors moved out because they would, like, make fajitas outside and they would make us plates. Bless. Bless them. Oh, I love them. They're my favorite neighbors. I'm so sad they're gone. Oh, come back. (laughs) You're like, take me with you. (laughs) Where are you Um, going? Yes. No, like... So the homemade salsa. Okay, got it. So he grew up like white, white, white. He's so white. Yeah. Like if mayonnaise were a person. (laughs) Kidding. Girl, he he prefers Miracle Whip. He's so white. Oh shit. (laughs) Oh, that's how you know. Oh my god, that's great. So what I do is, it 
says two or three jalapenos, right? Yeah. So I'll do two jalapenos. I'll do one where I scrape all the seeds out. Right. And then the second one, I sneakily leave the seeds in. And then even then, he's like, this sauce is going to kick. I'm like, bruh, this is not spicy. You're like, it's mild at best. Oh, honey. Maybe you can work his tolerance up. Just every time, put a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more. I've been trying. Oh, you have for years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh, trust me, I had that thought. I sneak stuff into recipes, right? Yeah. Right? So I will make a recipe, right? And the recipe will call for like a fourth of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper in the entire thing. Right. And I put it in, right? Uh-huh. And I don't say anything. And I'll get it out. I put I put it back in the spice rack before he comes in the kitchen and can see it, so he doesn't know it's in there. Because if he knows it's in there, it's it's gonna be spicy. Game over. So I, I put it in there without telling him. You know how small a fourth of a teaspoon of something oh, is? Tiny, tiny. We'll be eating dinner, and I'll go. Do you like this? You know, is this a make again? Like, should I make it again? And mm-hmm. he'll go. Yeah, it's good, but it's got a kick to it. Oh. What you put in it? I'm like. A fourth of a fucking teaspoon of cayenne pepper. It's got it. Kick to it. I like that. That's his phrase. It's got a kick to it. Like what the? Fuck? Yeah, that's his phrase. Like I think that should be our next sticker. <laughs> <laughs> right as I sip water. Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know. So it's, it's good, but it's got a kick to it. So maybe that'll be our little preface for any SP episodes from now on is it's good, but it's got, got a little kick to it. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes <sighs> I put nothing spicy in it but black pepper. And still? And still. Oh, hon. He thinks cilantro is spicy. What the fuck? I will put a shit ton of cilantro in everything. I love cilantro. Oh, me too. Cilantro is like, I'm making chili this week. I'm making it tomorrow night, in fact. Chili, cornbread, oh my God. Yes. Beans or no beans? No beans. Texas is no beans. I will eat it with beans, though. I don't mind. I'm no beans, girl. No beans. Why no beans? I don't like beans. You don't like beans at all? Or just in your chili? I like baked beans. Okay. I like charro beans, but the way I make them. Okay. So you're um, selective on the beans. Yes. And then Texas, when we make our chili, no, no beans. beans. It's a very big thing. No beans. If I have a chili dog, I'll buy the canned chili, but I will buy no beans. Right. Well, but I think chili dogs should have beans on them. Should I they? I don't know. I don't know what other people do. That's what I do. We're going to start a war. Watch this. Yeah. Like people with the beans, no beans. People uh-huh. go hard with that We're about to blow up but yeah. i bought cilantro to put on my chili oh yeah you get you like literally take a whole head break it off and chop it up and that's the right amount of cilantro girl i buy the already pre-chopped cilantro from h-e-b now oh there you go if y'all can't tell h-e-b is like life it is life you have your h-e-b your it's a grocery store here in, in texas that you have your H-E-B that you go to. Like, you know, but the, but the beauty of H-E-B is not only does it literally have everything, but also any H-E-B that you go to is set up the exact same, even if it's bigger. Have you seen the H-E-Bs that now have the barbecue restaurants attached to Oh, it? yeah, there's one that has like a melty cheese, uh, like a sandwich place. Shut your face. Yeah, dude. Wait. It's on incredible. Our, on See, our road trip, are we going to pass one of these? Potentially. And we might... Well, it's probably already aired by now, but check us out on TikTok. I'll just say that much. Keep oh, checking us yeah, out on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're taking a trip next Saturday because I'm, I'm doing a thing. She's such a white girl. I did a thing. I'm doing a thing. <laughs> Talk, speaking about how white we are. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, and we're going to be changing it up. If you didn't listen to the last episode, we're going to be switching over from moms who kill to dads who kill. The man cunts. The man cunts of the world, which unfortunately, as you all know, there are quite a few of them. So we'll have plenty to go over. Honestly, we just kind of got tired of talking about moms and the kids and the, it just, it's a lot. So we're just like, let's just switch it up and hell, it's our podcast. We can, we can do what we want. Yeah. I'm in charge. Mm. We're in charge. Wow. 
Look I at you. Like, like, I'm, I'm so fucking teasing you, dude. I'm just I'm so like, teasing you. I know what you mean. I know. Oh, I just made her say. That's, <laughs> that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I know. Um, not what I mean. But our... Our grocery stores here, H-E-B, are incredible. Whenever we had Snowmageddon, they literally let people walk out with free food because, like, the grocery store um, electricity went off. And they were in the middle of checking all these people out, and they're like, you know what? Please just take it. Did incredible. You, did they you delivered hear? food. They gave truck drivers who were stuck on the side of the road and at truck stops, they delivered, like, little um, packages to them that had, like... Um, um, granola bars and waters or Gatorades or stuff in there. Seriously? Yeah, I saw it on the Tiki Taki. Holy shit. And then the other thing is, is H-E-B has a mobile unit of like volunteers and people that work for them oh. that go out during natural disasters and, and give people food. Oh, and they do the um, Thanksgiving dinner. They do Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's a phenomenal company. It's one of the best places to work in the country. It's so state. hard to get a job there. It is very difficult for good reason because they pay benefits, they pay a living wage. I know of somebody who's a lifer now at HEB, like loves it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's totally understandable. But yeah, man. Oh it's, my God, they commented oh my. on my Two White Willie post on oh, Instagram. Yeah. That's right. Oh, so we love our HEB. So anybody who's working for HEB, holla. We love you. We do love you. Oh, and I used to help them when I did curbside, help them put my groceries in my car, but they won't let you do that anymore. Oh, yeah, that makes sense because, Rona. yeah, just safety and everything. Rona. But well, we're podcasting a couple days before the new year, and I'm going to ask an obvious question. Do you have resolutions? Do you do resolutions? No, I think those are stupid. Okay, yeah. I, I, I did for a minute, but then it just kind of was like, like you said, like I never followed them. I never did them. So. Look. I know I need to work out. I know I need (laughs) to eat better. I know I need to lose weight. I know I need to stop shoving french fries in my face. (laughs) I know all this. I know I need to not drink so much. I I know all this. 365 days a year. I don't need to reiterate it on January 1st. You don't need to write it down on a whiteboard and and look at it and go, yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. All these things are blatantly obvious when you look at me. Right. Right. I've started, I'm kind of do different things. Like this 2020 to 2021 year, my goal was to read 50 books. Well, I read very, very slow, so that didn't happen. But I did read more books this year than I did last. So I am happy. Good job. I think for 2022, instead of like resolutions, it's more like shit like that for me. It's like, I would like to read more books and I'll have a number. Okay, I did 20, let's just say 25. I'm going to try to do 30. Yeah. Right. And I also um, always like to go into the new year. uh, I'm going to say clean. And I'm not saying not drunk because let's be real. But like I'll go through all my clothes and Mm. I'll clean it all out. I'll go through all like like I'll start to go through the closets like a spring cleaning. Uh But before the beginning of the new year. My daughter loves it when you do that. Really? Mm hmm. Whenever you clean out her shit? No, whenever you clean out your shit, because she gets your clothes. Oh! <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, get ready. It's geared up, so... She hasn't been shopping in years. I'm glad that they're going to use. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely a thing, because it's not so much... like, And I, I try to give as much as like to charity and clothes and everything as all throughout the year, but I also think that there's something about starting off the year fresh I guess I don't know taking out the clutter from the old year in my head also mentally declutters my head and I feel like I can start something I get that I I see that I understand where you're coming from we'll see how far I get I'll just put it that way because I'm also like good enough you know what I mean after I go through like one closet and I'm good (laughs) I just I I don't know it depends on me in that day, like yeah. Because sometimes I just can't. Yeah. Like I physically can't. Yeah. Like that day I didn't message you back. It's because I physically couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Absolutely. No, it makes total sense. I mean, we all got our things, right? 
But that's interesting. So if you are out there when you do have a resolution, comment on any of our social media posts. Let us know what your resolution is and we'll try to hold each other accountable. Kinda. <laughs> Don't hold me accountable Don't hold me accountable. shit because- Just kidding. I'm not gonna. It's enough for me to do my homework and get this podcast done and yeah. give you three posts a day on social media. Oh man, it's you are the one who, who does a lot of it and it's a lot. It I can love be a it, lot. Though. I, I love doing it though. Like I care oh, about I it, but I love doing it. it. It's my creative outlet because I do love doing like creative things. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a job that is not creative. Right. It's very stifling. Right. So it's helpful to have an outlet for that. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. It's just sometimes I forget and then I wake up and I go, shit. Oh, fuck. I need to do that. And I'm driving to work and at stoplights, I'm grabbing my phone and I'm creating <laughs> posts for you. The dedication alone is <laughs> phenomenal. Oh my God. So there's that. Yeah. But don't worry, I do it at stoplights not while I'm driving. No. Well, and the other thing is, is um, oh, we have another update. Um, there's also more Duggar episodes coming oh, out. yes. The first. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Um, we're not going to tell you who they are, but they are all exclusive on Patreon. So if you haven't checked out our Patreon, go there at C Podcast CEE. Um, take a listen. We would love to do these more often as like exclusive episodes. I have ideas for one that I kind of want to do, but once we finish the Duggars, because that's yeah. A, yeah. a shit show in and that's of itself. Taking a lot out of me. Yes. Um, if you have something crime related, crime adjacent that you'd like to hear that may not necessarily fall in like the family or moms or dads, hit us up. Let us know. Maybe we'll make it a Patreon. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Totally. Follow us on social medias. We're literally everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and we are on every single platform to listen to everything. Um, good pods being our favorite app right now yeah. for, for loving that. good pods yeah loving good pods spotify too spotify's mm-hmm. been killing it yes if you have a nonprofit that you love that's maybe local to you that we wouldn't know about let us know we'll feature it on one of our saturday posts yeah because we do actually i really enjoy that you started doing those support saturdays mm-hmm. because that's one thing that i think that our that we try to always do is like go outside our podcast and help people that i mean obviously i found one of our support saturdays from um an instagram comment oh uh, a nonprofit commented on one of our support Saturday posts that they loved that we did it. And I said, well, do you want to be featured on support Saturday? And they said, that'd be great. And I said, okay, I'm putting you down for next week. Yep, exactly. So if you yourself are in one, know of one, support one, love one, hit us up. Let us know. Yep. Absolutely. And as always, you can always reach us. Um, we do have a P.O. box. <laughs> If you want to know about it, let us know. But um, we've received some wonderful gifts from our beautiful listeners and fans. So thank you. Our listeners are amazing. They truly are. What they... an incredible, empathetic group of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, re- I received some very kind messages from our listeners a couple of weeks ago after one of our episodes that really meant a lot to me. Um that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll I'll take it from here because that's emotion. and I don't do that. I don't see you on Amazon right now, so we can't deal with this issue. No, I don't do emotion, <laughs> but I, do, I will say it meant a lot to me because when I received those messages, I was also going through some family stuff mm-hmm. that had to do with what those messages were about. So they meant a lot to me, and I really loved it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank you all. Um, and on that note, let's talk about murder, 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 murder. So today is hilariously about Canada again. No, we did not plan this. How? I don't know. 
I, like I said, I think we've got this mind meld thing going on here now. It's happening. It's almost like we're on the same cycle. Yes. But it's the mind cycle because we don't have a cycle. Correct. There's no period anymore, but our brains are on the same cycle of period. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, we're going back to Canada, the nation that we love. They're so adorable, so sweet. They're good people. Maybe we'll take a vacation there sometime. Hell yes. Hell yes. I need a passport. I just wouldn't come back. I still don't have a passport, so... Girl, you gotta get on that. We gotta go to Canada. 2022, we're going to Canada. I'm just gonna put it out there and see what the universe gives back at us. See what happens. Okay, I'm gonna work on that. Yep. So today, we're going to talk about the, it's an infamous case in Canada, of Evelyn Dick. Yes, that is her last name. Have you heard <laughs> about? I think so. Okay. Um, quite a few sources. Wiki, Hamilton Spectator, the Canadian Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia.com, CBC 2013 article, and a Toronto Star article. I just want to say one thing. I love the CBC. I freaking love the CBC. I'm sure that people will, you know, come at me from Canada going like, I hate the CBC. Yeah, go at her, not me. Yeah, but like the thing is in America, we don't really have a public, I mean, we have PBS, but it's... It's not like it was. They don't even have Sesame Street anymore. Sesame Street became commercialized, moving to HBO. What the fuck was that? Yeah, and then all they really had for a while was Downton Abbey, which is a phenomenal show, don't get me wrong. But then it's gone, and now it's all movies. And besides that, you didn't really watch PBS. And, like, you can only watch so many Ken Burns documentaries. Oh, I mean, PBS had, um, it used to have Bob Ross. Oh, it did. You're right. His happy little trees. Oh, my God, I loved Bob Ross. But see, like, in places like Canada and, like, the BBC, they actually, like, have, they run the news. They run, like, a bunch of different, like, publishing companies. Like, it's run by the government. Oh, I don't yeah. Well, I sure shit don't want our government to run things either, but yeah. But the thing is, is like from the podcast that I've listened to, which I am absolutely going to give a plug to this podcast that doesn't need one. Someone Knows Something with David Ridgen. <gasps> oh, I love that. Do they have a new season out? Yes. The, it's uh, the, what was it called? The Final Call or something like that. And holy shit, you have got to listen to it. I'm going to ping it to you. Because it is phenomenal. Highly recommend anything with CBC and David Ridgen. Incredible work. Incredible. And it's like the story's really well done and he investigates. He does all these cold cases. I still think he needs to do the... Um, he needs to do... I. We need to... I want to email him. We need to email him and tell him he needs to do the case of the girl from Georgetown... Which grace from the girl from Georgetown? The one that disappeared while she went running. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, oh, was, her what name? was her name? What was her name? Shit. Um, Hold on, we're getting there. Um, Pardon us while we look up stuff on a podcast. Um, so, someone knows something. He does deep dives into these cold cases, and he does a phenomenal job. Yeah, he does. Um, and if you really think he's going to find... Um, oh, here it is. The next Rachel Cook. Rachel Cook. He absolutely because he did a Mississippi case on someone knows something, so he can absolutely. I don't disagree. He did um, the one I just listened to is called the Next Call. It's his latest one that he's done since COVID because you know he has to talk to people over Zoom. Mm-hmm. The season that is absolutely heartbreaking and just so fascinating is the season two, the case of Terry um, Duffinius or Dauphiné, so sorry, really bad at like French pronunciations, but she's an indigenous woman who was murdered. So highly recommend him, but that's why I love the CBC. Cause he's such a great investigative journalist. Oh, he's amazing. He's like Skip Hollingsworth at um, Texas Monthly. Mm-hmm. Again, phenomenal. So anyway, I digress. <laughs> All that to say, this episode, Evelyn Dick, it's a little bit of an SP. It does have a child death in it, again, See you later. If this isn't your thing, no worries. So, um, on March 16th, 1945, five school kids were hiking along the trail in Hamilton Mountain, which is part of the Niagara Escarpment north of Green Bay, Wisconsin. This is on the Canada side, 
obviously. Yeah. As we all know, hiking and jogging in the woods or wooded areas are usually not a good idea because you find bodies. Well, I mean, I enjoy hiking and I hate the outdoors. Those two things don't go together. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. How can you hate, hate the outdoors but like hiking? Do you hike inside your house? No, I hike outside. But you hate outside. Hiking outside is fine. All other outdoor activities suck balls. Ah. So one day you're going to find a body is what you're telling me. I hope to God so. Really? You want to find a body when you're out there? Yeah. Girl, whenever there was that like fridge dumped by my place uh-huh. that was closed, I was like, the I'm, fuck I it is. I remember when you texted me. The fuck it is. I was like, uh-uh. I'm taking photos and I'm leaving it the fuck alone. Uh-uh. And it was gone a couple days later. And I was like, mm-hmm. It didn't smell or anything, but that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. But anyway. You didn't open it? No. No. Absolutely not. It's never a mannequin. It's never just a fridge. It's, mm -mm. no. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> okay. As much of a true crime fan I am, I'm also like, I don't, I, I don't want to be that close to it. Like, I don't want to see it in person, if that makes sense. So, I was getting ready for work on Friday. Mm -hmm. Was it Friday? I think it was Friday. And I was watching the news when I get ready for work. There was a murder in my parents' neighborhood. What the fuck? Did they, do they know ha, ha, the why? Oh, do you think I called them? Oh, yeah, you did. No. Oh. Not even for a murder? No. Yeah, no, I don't mind. I get more information from the news. No, that's true. So, again, if you're going into the woods and or a jogger or hiker or somebody who's out early in the morning or late at night, you're probably going to run across a body. Um, so these kids in 1946 found a human torso. It had two gunshot wounds to the chest with no head, arms, or legs, just the torso. So the hell happened to this guy? Let's find out. They chopped him up. October 13th, 1920 in Beamville, Ontario, Canada, Evelyn Dick was born to, her original name was McLean, Scottish immigrant parents Donald and Alexandra McLean. She was their only child, which is shocking. Um, pretty rare back then to have only one kid. <coughs> her dad, Donald, worked for Hamilton Street Railway, and they lived beyond their means. Again, pretty rare for an immigrant family who's just trying to make ends meet. So already, like, this family is just a conundrum to me. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. For one, they only have one kid. Strange. And then they are, like, living beyond their means, which from immigrant families I've been around, and my great-grand... No, my grandparents were one. You kind of always live within your means because yeah. you're, like, just trying to survive in this new country. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and it's not like extravagance, like on, oh, I need money for groceries. We're talking like an expensive private school that they sent Evelyn to. This is like a Catholic school for girls. Like yeah. the appearance of wealth kind of extravagance. Well, a lot of times that's important to people to look like they have more money than they do. Right. Which in this case, it looks like that was kind of a thing for yeah. them. Her dad didn't help the finances being an abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So he would steal money from the railway vault to supplement his income. So not a great childhood to grow up in. Her dad's an alcoholic. He's stealing from the railway company and they're living beyond their means. Her mom, Alexandra, was no better because when Evelyn grew up, she told her to use her good looks to get men to buy her things. I mean, you know, it works. <laughs> and yeah, it does. It's just not a good thing to tell your daughter. That no, it's not. Your only value is what men can buy for you no. because of how you look. I mean, that's not good. Hmm. Not just anything, but expensive things like furs, jewelry, gifts, etc. And she was the lover, Evelyn, of several wealthy men in town to get what she wanted. Um, so basically, they brought up with very high expectations about what she could expect from life and, of course, men. Right. And honestly, it seemed like Evelyn was totally fine with all of this. Like, she was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. I mean, why wouldn't she be? It's considered normal. It's normal. Um, she became pregnant in July 1942. At 22, she had her first child, a daughter, that she gave to her mom to take care of. 
Well, I because, mean, ew, why would she do it? She had no responsibilities ever, so that makes right perfect sense. She had men to wrangle, diamonds to get. I mean, come on. She got pregnant again, but this was, child was stillborn. And then in September 44, she gave birth again to a boy, this time, and named him Peter. She came home from the hospital without him, stating that she gave him to the Children's Aid Society for adoption because her dad, Donald, didn't want another baby in the house. Well, that, okay. that makes perfect sense. I don't think that's what really happened to that baby, but okay. She couldn't. Uh, so I tried to find out who the daddies were, but again, this is the 40s. Hard. That's not that much information, but also I'm assuming the reason why I couldn't find out and why people didn't is because they're all the wealthy men in the area and they don't want that shit out there. Yes. And they may have been married at the time. She wasn't married to any of them, you know. Right, exactly. So there's a lot going on there. So it's interesting, though, that she didn't, like, bilk these guys out of money with their kids. Right. You know what I mean? Because if she's all about the money, she could have kept the kid and gone, you need to pay me child support. Yes. Right? Exactly. Instead of giving away the kid. Yes, but she would have been saddled with the child. Exactly. That's what I was thinking too, because that's where my head went. Is like, but then she, like you said, she has to actually take care of this thing, and she doesn't want to do that. Yeah, it interrupts her lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> interesting. Um, so what happened was she met this guy in, uh, in the nineteen forty four called John Dick. That's his name, John Dick. He was an older Russian man in his 40s. Um, or no, he was in his 30s. Sorry, it literally deleted a whole paragraph, so I'm going off memory right now. Oh, so. hey, that's fun. Improv, baby. I love that Yes, for you. and. Um, I love that for you. <laughs> this is a fun journey. Um, John Dick, she met him. I apologize again, it deleted it. Um, but basically, when she met him, it was like, oh, you're so wonderful, and I really like you, and let's get married, right? So she's thinking this guy has money, but it turns out all he is is he's like a um, like a tram driver, essentially. Oh, like a cab driver? Like, yeah, or think of like um, in San Francisco. Oh. So I don't know why the hell she thought this man had money, but this dude is basically like kind of doing like a middle-class job at best which is nothing wrong with that but this woman's out for rich men so he is not rich and he never proclaimed to be he himself is an immigrant so he's like okay so anyway she lied to him and said she was a widow of a canadian naval officer because world war ii had just finished up in may that's right they met in 1945 um, and they were engaged soon after her parents didn't like this probably because he wasn't rich and they knew it and they got married october 4th of 1945 so it didn't take her long after they were married to realize that he wasn't making that much money. And again, duh. So she started up an affair with one of her previous men and moved out of the house. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yep. Dick was a good guy. He tried to make it work and eventually convinced her to move back into the house. So I will say this. There was something about John Dick. He was not a bad dude. Not like most of these cases that we talk about where, <coughs> oh, he beat her. He was alcoholic. Like all that. He was actually just kind of like... I just, I like you, you know? Her relationships with all those wealthy men didn't stop and they argued a lot, so Dick moved out and stayed with a cousin. The house was in her name, which I thought was interesting. So I looked it up, and in Ontario in 1884 and Manitoba in 1900, they were the first two Canadian provinces to enact the Married Women's Property Act. This act allowed married women to have the same legal rights as men, such as purchasing property. In the U.S., ours was 1848. Oh, okay. I didn't realize we were both that progressive. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> to be honest. I was like, oh, okay. So John is desperate by now, and he wants her back. So he tried talking to her dad to help, like, convince your daughter. Like, I love her. I just want to be with her. You know, I'm, I'm not a bad guy. And he convinced, he asked her, her dad to make her a respectable wife and move back in and stop cheating. The respectable wife thing, I'm going to go with look at the time in which he's saying this yes when that's what women were supposed to do i don't think he meant it as like be subservient to me bitch it was more like he just wanted he was married she was married to him she needed 
to live in his house and yeah. not be living with another man. And fucking around on the side, yeah. That's I all mean, he meant by that. Yeah, I don't honestly don't have a problem with that. Exactly. Um, her dad was like, no. And John went nuclear and said that he would tell his railway bosses about his her dad's stealing. Her dad threatened to kill him, and John reported him to the police. Hell yeah. So not only is John not playing that shit, he's like, fine, I'm going to tell them this then about you. He's like, well, her dad comes at him. Oh, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, cool. Goes straight to the police. He's like, awesome. I love this for you. Mm-hmm. I love this guy. He was like, he wasn't playing anybody. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, F all y'all. On March 6, 1946, John is seen at Hamilton Restaurant for the last time. And 10 days later, a torso is found. The remains were soon found out to be John. They brought in Evelyn for questioning. Of course, she denied knowing what happened to him, but the police are smart. They searched her house while her parents and her parents' home while she was at the station. Because they're not idiots. I love the police. Yeah. So what did they find? In the attic, they found a suitcase with the body of an infant encased in concrete. They also found charred human bones, a car with bloodstained seats, a necktie of John's, and bits of uniform from the Hamilton Railway Company. The infant is later found out to be Peter, the son she said she put up for adoption. Oh my god, that's disgusting. So here's my question with the Peter situation. She came back from the hospital without him. Who put him in that suitcase? I think it was her dad. I do too. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, hmm. Because he didn't want another kid in the house anyway. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like dirty work on him. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I was like, ugh. I just hope that he was not around when that happened to him. Poor, poor little guy. So she started making statements to the police that an Italian gangster or hitman killed John Dick. Oh, Lord. Again, this is the 40s, girl. Okay? Oh, my God. I mean, seriously. She is straight up going Pulp Fiction uh, novel at this point going, oh, it's an Italian gangster and a hitman came. I'm going to vomit up my Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Because allegedly John had an affair with the hitman's wife and the cops were like, sure, honey. Right. <laughs> you know? Okay. Oh, my God. At her trial, her lawyers tried to have her tried separately from her dad and lover so they could get the sympathy of the jury. So, get this. The police arrested Evelyn, her parents, and her lover, and they were all charged with the murder of John Dick. Donald, her dad, was also charged with stealing from his company, and Evelyn and her lover were charged with Peter's death as well. So the cops did not play at all. I love Canadian cops. They man. went all, they're like, okay, everybody comes in. So Canada, <laughs> how do I move there? Teach us how to immigrate, because we're here for it. I forgot, I want to go to New Zealand. I mean, we can, we can do both. We could just see what we can get, you know? How do I live everywhere in the world at once? <laughs> A global citizen? I don't know. How would you do that? Well, I need more money. Mm, mm. Good point. There's stickers up on our <laughs> lean tree. Oh, that's so funny. So she's telling these crazy stories. Her lawyer is then trying to get her tried separately because she's like, look, they're like, she needs to be away from these people, which I can kind of get to because, you know, whatever. Um, but the idea of them separating her is the sympathy of the jury because they're trying to convince, like, how could this young, beautiful woman commit these awful, uh, horrendous acts? She was influenced by this older man. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, the trial for everyone began October 7th, 1946, and her mom testified for the prosecution in order to get immunity. Everyone for themselves. Like... There is no loyalty in this family whatsoever. Yeah, it's like a game of hungry, hungry hippo. Seriously, who can get the deal first is going to take it. People, how many times have we told y'all? If they offer you a deal, you take it. Absolutely. Especially if there's more people involved. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want the conspiracy charges and all that shit. Fuck that. You want to be the first one to take the deal. Yeah. Y'all, take the deal. A hundred percent. She said, her mother said that Evelyn was out of the house for a long time on March 6th, the last day John was seen alive, and she said that she asked Evelyn about him on March 8th and if something had happened to him. Her mom said Evelyn then said that he wouldn't be coming around anymore, then gave 
them info that her husband owned a gun and butcher knife. So her mom is now rolling on her own husband saying, oh, he owns a gun and a butcher knife. Basically tying up the case in a bow. That's everything. That's all you need to know. All I'm going to say is I don't believe you can cut up a body with a butcher knife. A human body. I mean, it would take a, it would take a minute. You, I mean, how big is a knife? Is it one of those like, like big ones? or? I really feel you need some sort of power tool for this. I mean, yeah, but then how did people cut up bodies back in the whatever, 1500s and shit? Well, they used knives, but it took them like six days. True. I mean, granted, he wasn't found until 10 days later, so they had a good span there. To... I- I'm just saying. Yeah. So the jury did find Evelyn guilty of John's murder, even with nothing but circumstantial evidence. And the judge sentenced her to death by hanging. But she got so lucky. A skilled trial lawyer, John J. Robinette, I'm going to say J.J. Robinette because it sounds good, took her case and appealed stating that it's more likely that her father, Donald, killed John Dick. Oh, let me guess, because she's a woman and she doesn't have the strength to cut off the body parts. Pretty much. Like, she knew about it, maybe asked him to do it, but the skill needed to cut up a body and dump it in places, blah, blah, blah. Although, in Elise Matsunaga's case, remember? She did she, it all on her own. Yep. She the sure fucked in. Yep. He won the jury over in his, this appeal, and the jury found her not guilty of John's death. <gasps> now, with her lawyer came her second case for the death of her baby, Peter. J.J. Robinette brought in a psychiatrist who testified that she was emotionally mature like a 13-year-old and had a traumatic childhood. This time, the jury found her no, guilty of... Tell me... The jury found her guilty of manslaughter, and the judge gave her life. Her dad got five years for being an accessory to murder. Again, because she was the one originally convicted of the murder, and he was convicted of accessory. Oh, my God. And he got another five for his theft. Oh, my God. Her lover was cleared of everything. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't... I mean, honestly, he probably had nothing to do with it. Probably not. But, I mean, it makes sense why they would bring him in. Just, like, let's just make sure. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, she died in prison. Right? I mean... Did she? <laughs> Did she? I'm asking you. Did mm-hmm. she? I'm, trust me, you're going to find out why I'm asking you. Evelyn was paroled after 11 years in 1958. She changed her name and disappeared. The RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, did keep track of her whereabouts because she had to check in with them and they respected her privacy. Not something that would ever be done in America. We all know where the fuck Casey Anthony is. At well, all times. Well, I mean, Casey Anthony kind of lets us know where she's at at all times. True. But even still, pick, think of any other murderer. You know exactly where that person is right now. Right? We're very much like a celebrity. Yeah. This is like a Canadian celebrity, so you would think. Right? So they respected her privacy, in other words. Um, and her file is permanently sealed. In 1985, they officially pardoned her, and some believe that this is due to her knowing people in high places, if you know what I mean by knowing people in high places. So she straight up disappeared, and she could be living somewhere right fucking now and still alive. She actually could. 1945? So how old was she? She was, let's see here, born in 1920. That would make her... 101. I'm pretty she, sure she's dead. She could be. She is probably dead, but she also could be alive. I mean, she could be, but I'm pretty sure she's dead. Probably. So this case obviously drew a lot of attention because, I mean, it's sensationalist. It's incredible. She's pretty. The guy she married is kind of cute. Um, and they made a they made a uh, play, How Could You, Mrs. Dick, in 1989. Oh, I love that. I know. In a television drama, Torso, the Evelyn Dick story in 2002. Did you watch it? Please tell me you watched it. I didn't. I need to. I think it was like um, you had to pay for it or some shit. And I was like, ah, I don't feel like You know? Oh, I pay for it. A film noir musical, Black Widow in 2005. Obviously, there's books written about her. And a podcast titled, Where Are You, Mrs. Dick? Okay, so this is my favorite one. 2014, Chris Farias, a local artist and designer in Hamilton, made merch including t-shirts that said... The fastest way to a man's heart is through his torso and love you to pieces. (laughs) 
a man after our own oh, hearts. Oh I, my God. Everyone got pissed at that, but I was actually like, that's kind of fucking hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> so morbidly hilarious. Oh yeah. 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 So, but here's the thing. They even have like a nursery rhyme. They say like, where are you, Miss Dick? Where are you, Miss Dick? And you know, like kids would say it on the playground. Oh, like a jump rope? Yeah. And you know how like when you say dick as a kid, it's like, oh. <gasps> Like, yeah. a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that prolific. So, like, a jump rope song, like, we used to sing, Cinderella dressed in yellow. yellow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, this is this crazy case. The fact that her file is still sealed to this day. That's a little sus. To me means she fucked the right person. Yes, of course she did. So, that is Miss Evelyn Dick. Yeah. Short, sweet, but damn, I was like fascinated by her. I was like, yeah, oh, that was good. That was good. She was a good one. And yeah, I'm sorry about John Dick. That's so upsetting. I wonder what this. I'm upset by Miss, by John Dick. That's just so shitty. He just wanted. He, was, he wasn't a man cunt. He no. was a good man. And she was just like, mm. and then she, I really do think she probably did have her dad kill him. Oh yeah, and the baby. Yeah, I think she basically was like, I'm done with this, I'm done with this, you fix it. Yes. Which like, is, he probably did her entire life. Mm-hmm. And with her dad being an alcoholic and needing money, he was probably like, okay, whatever. Yep. You just keep screwing those wealthy men and bringing yep. in that money and that mm-hmm. whatever. I yep. don't care. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy. All right, take us up. You're, like, I saw you over there, like, giggling, like, giggling to yourself and, like, Ugh. I can hardly wait. So, my star mom is Vivica C. Cox. Is that Vivica Fox? No, it's not Vivica Fox. Oh. She's she's a mother to several. A drag mother, that is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm in love with it. What house is she in? The house of Cox. Oh. I just want to say one thing, okay? Everybody out there who has a house mother... I love it. I love that out of horrendous situations where your own family abandons you, which fuck them, um, you guys have come together and made a beautiful community of just the most amazing people. And I love that there's like house mothers and I love the ballroom community. I love it. I love it all. And I dumped Betty White for Vivica C. Cox. I mean, if that says something. Because please, I Betty wasn't speaking to me, but Vivica was speaking to me. And you know what? And I love her, and I'm here for this. And let me tell you about her, because you all are gonna love her when I'm done. Okay, go. I'm excited. So in 2013, while sitting at the Pinhook in Durham, North Carolina, the owner asked her and a friend if they knew anyone that could open for manila lozano the runner-up of season three of rupaul's drag race okay wait wait and the pinhook is a restaurant it's a bar it's a bar okay and up to this point drag was just a part-time hobby for vivica and since then vivica has become a prominent figure within the large queer culture and really just the durham community in general um in fact that point Opening for Manila Lozano is when she came up with the drag name, Vivica C. Cox. She had a different name that she dumped and came up with this name. Gotcha. So, she has degrees in medical anthropology and gender studies, as well as a master's degree in higher education administration. Holy crap. And it said that her entire academic career was about creating an inclusive space, and that is what she... Um, does with drag. Mm-hmm. So Durham, North Carolina is actually an activist city. And she creates a drag show that uses humor to focus on anti-racism, anti-transphobia, and social justices. I love it. Their shows have covered the importance of enthusiastic consent in sexual activity, mm-hmm. pride, honoring black femmes and trans women of color, and they actually did a drag show to, to trip as a tribute to the victims of the Orlando shooting. Oh wow! So Vivica created the House of Cox, and they don't just perform drag shows; 
They are involved in activism and advocacy as well. Um, members of the House of Cox have worked as peer mentors in elementary schools and in nonprofits. And so Vivica and one of her drag daughters, Stormy, they actually went to a Durham Middle School when two eighth grade te teachers enlisted their help when the teachers saw bullying and other negative behaviors towards their LGBTQ students. Oh, wow. During this event, um, which they called the Pride and Liberation event, Vivica and Stormy talked about their experiences in middle school and not being accepted, as well as um, how important it is to celebrate everyone's individual differences. Yep. So this was actually to our event with um, a panel with one of the city council members, a performance by the school's step team, and yes, a drag show. Oh my God, and there's a step team too? Invite me, invite me, invite we, me next we time. We wanna be there. Absolutely. We, we need to be there. All of it. And before anybody freaks the fuck out, yes, students were allowed to opt out of the event if they cho chose to. As they should, as they honestly, I think they should for any event, really, but. Yes. Yeah. And, Yes. And, and that's and that I think is good because it's like, you know what, not everyone is gonna be okay with this and that's okay. But society is moving forward. Yes. So, and one of the teachers that helped organize the event said that the tone did change in the classroom afterwards. Really? Mm-hmm. So while this is short, because I can find a lot of information, um, that's why Vivica is my storm on this week. She's not just a drag queen adopting the next generation of drag queens. She is adopting the next generation of drag queens and making a difference in the world by using her gift mm -hmm. to teach inclusion and that our differences are something to be celebrated, not to be persecuted for. 100%. And not only is she teaching the other drag queens that she adopts, the art of drag. Mm, yes. She's teaching them to be good human beings. Right. And they're going out and teaching that to youth. And they're going out and being activists and advocating for these things. So, yes, they're putting on an amazing show. But they're using that as an outlet to open their eyes, open the audience's eyes to all these social justice issues mm -hmm. that they may not realize is a problem because you may be a white person that doesn't face the same issues that an African-American person faces or that a trans person faces. Yep or that a gay person faces. Mm -hmm. But going to the drag show, you're being entertained and it's humorous, but you're also having your eyes open and realize that these things are going on. Right, exactly. It's education as well. Like, yes. Because that's the thing is like, I feel like a lot of people are afraid of that culture because they don't understand it. And, right. and as humans, naturally, we're afraid of what we don't understand. And we ourselves should have evolved enough at this point to go, I recognize this is my... Uh, very human reaction. However, just because it scares me doesn't make it bad. It, it means I need to investigate and figure this out and understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's where a lot of people get hung up on. Oh, but they look different and they dress like, that's a man dressing like a woman. I don't like that. And it's like, when you said art, a thousand percent. Bitch, I've seen them do some fucking shit to their face that I'm like, I don't, I can't even put my own eyeliner on straight, let alone that. So holy I, shit! I've been binging RuPaul's Drag Race on Hulu. I mean, cause it's awesome. and that's kind of like why I was like, "This is speaking to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm loving it. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I love all of them, and I love what they do. It is amazing to me. Like, it is. They sew their own dresses. They make they take their wigs and cut them and create their own hairstyles their makeup is amazing like they the contouring like i know <laughs> i know i don't I even know. i know the word contour but i don't know what contouring is <laughs> like tell me 
come do my makeup, come do my hair, come make me a dress. Oh, like, it's amazing. They are amazing. And they're amazing human beings, yes. too. Yes, yes. Like, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick a drag mother. And you know what? And she is a mother because going back to the houses, the reason those houses existed originally was survival. Because a yes. lot of those women were on the street, unfortunately having to do sex work to survive. And because of that, they're like, no, 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 we're going to get together, adopt, essentially adopt you as my child, mm-hmm. and you have the house of Gucci and Prada and, you know, Evangelista and all that shit, right? I'm, I'm talking about Pose now, but y'all get it. And so, and the house of Cox, where she's the mother, and she basically is the pseudo-mother for all these people. Mm-hmm. And she act, they actually do mother. They yes. actually do. They actually say, you need to have an education. You need to have a job. You need to stay off drugs. You don't need to be doing sex work anymore if that's not your choice. Like, they actually give a shit and treat them like their children. So, 100% she's a mother. Yes. Yes. That's what mothers do. Mother isn't just biology. No. I mean, clearly. (laughs) No. It's just like a stepmother isn't any less of a mother than a biological mother. 100%. It's all about if you're there, if you're supporting this person... Are you listening? Are you there emotionally and, you know, supporting? Yeah, absolutely. So, Vivica C. Cox is this week's star mom. I love it. And I would love to go to Durham and see one of her shows. Yes. Road trip. <laughs> you don't need a passport for that one. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> for, well, together let's say to Texas, maybe. We'll see. I don't <laughs> Once they found out we're from Texas, they might not let us into North Carolina. But maybe if we say, you know, but, you know. Not that part of Texas. Maybe they'll be okay with it. I'll be like, I'm from Florida. Right? <laughs> that means we have a Texas driver's license. I haven't switched what? it yet. Yeah, right? I haven't switched it yet. <laughs> Can we convince them that we're from Canada, maybe? <laughs> like, maybe they'll be okay with it. I'll just, you know, do that little, you know, boat and just say stuff like that. And maybe it'll, like, convince Don't them. Don't you know? Don't you know? <laughs> like, it's just turning into Wisconsin now. I don't know what's happening. I know. <laughs> this has gotten out of control. Okay. Out of control. <laughs> Love Vivica. I was so excited to do her. I was so excited. I I was like, she's gonna die when I say that she's a drag mother. I freaking well, you saw my face. My brain exploded. <laughs> so excited. Cause I also um oh god, I'm talking about HBO again. They have a show um that is all about walking ballroom. Mm-hmm. So, holy fuck, it's an amazing show, and Megan the Stallion's on it, and it's just so good. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. So, on RuPaul's Drag Race, they had um, one of the contestants, she was a ballroom dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was in drag, she did ballroom. Did she do, like, was she face, was she body, was she, you know, because they have categories, you know, they do category as body or whatever, and then you have to, like... Have a very femme body or a very masculine body, and they like kind of go off that. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't mean like ballroom, ballroom, like no. waltz, waltz. I mean like ballroom, like um, like uh, the queer community ballroom where it's like they walk and they do like oh, hands know. and stuff like that. Oh, I have to take off. Oh, oh, I, I don't watch the show. You love it. You love so, it. So, anyways, I've been, I've been binging this drag. I've been binging Drag Race, and this is what spoke to me. And I was like. After I got off the phone with you, I was like, not doing Betty, not doing her. This is what I'm doing. I love it. So I was like, drag queen, inspirational drag queens, drag queen activists. <laughs> and there she was, right there. We do actually need to go to a drag show because, and why not hers, honestly, because I'm here for it. Oh, they're so fun. I do know Alyssa Edwards from the House of Edwards mm-hmm. is up in Plano. Oh, holy crap. Okay. She has, she owns a dance studio. She had her own show on Netflix about her dance studio. What show was that? It was a couple of years ago. Okay. I'm going to check it out. You know me and my streaming. That's my, I mean, a lot of times, sometimes that's actually where I find my people is I'm like, oh, like Faye. I was like, oh, Faye, you know? Yeah. You're going to make me want to find this show now on HBO. Hold on. Uh, um, Dancing Queen was the name of it. Oh, okay. There was only one, se- one season. 
Okay, I do vaguely remember that coming across, like, you know, the page. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check yeah. this out page or whatever. Okay. Okay, look, here's a picture of her with her. Oh, yeah. Cute, and she's got, like, kids mentor. Oh, that's fun. Those are her dancers at her dance studio. I love it. That's so cool. That's amazing. What a great okay, mom. I wish I looked like that. Why don't I look like that? Because I don't know how to contour. <laughs> Help us contour. It, wait, I think contour is out now. Oh, is that out now? Uh, yeah, help us do the latest thing that isn't contouring. I don't know. Really what I need is I just need someone to come wax my eyebrows because my eyebrow girl, she moved to North Carolina and I haven't had a wax since. Raleigh? Did she move to Raleigh? <laughs> do in, we need to go visit Durham? Her? Oh, Durham. Holy shit. Sophia, are you in Durham? Because <laughs> now we got a road trip. <laughs> oh, I need my eyebrows done. I haven't had them done in like six months. They look good. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, it's because I go in there and I pluck the long hairs every once in a while. Yeah. You look because fun. trying to find a new eyebrow girl is real hard. It's because you shooting also... ducks in a barrel. <laughs> what? Trying to find a good one. Shooting ducks in a barrel? Oh, God. Did I go to Texas? <laughs> I've never heard of that. You've never heard of that? No. Is that not the same? Fish in a barrel. But that's like, that means it's easy. That doesn't mean it's hard. <laughs> shooting ducks in a barrel. Oh my God, girl, that's a new phrase. We're, we just made a new phrase. Shooting ducks in a barrel for a hard thing. Shooting fish in a barrel is an easy thing. You heard oh it here first, God. guys. I'm real tired. On that note, we love y'all. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.